Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my property mastermind mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 192 of the Property Magic Podcast. And what I'm going to share in this episode of the podcast is probably one of the most important things that has happened to landlords in the last 35 years. Of course, I'm talking about the Renter Reform Bill, which is what the English government is calling a once in a generation set of reforms. Now, just to be clear, this is not finalised yet. It's still being open to debate and change. Um, but there are some really big changes. I said probably the biggest change since the introduction of ASTs in England and Wales back in 1988. Now, obviously, most people don't like change. And I believe this will be the final straw for many old school landlords and encourage them to retire early. We've seen so many things coming over the last few years, starting with Section 24 back in April 2017, uh, changes to legislation, introduction of uh, potential requirements for EPCs to be C-rated by 2025, or that's been pushed back a few years. And often there's a kind of a bit of a knee-jerk reaction when these things are announced. But actually, I don't think these new reforms are as bad as they might think they are. Now, I'd love to see what you think about this. And this bill has been introduced by Michael Gove, who is the English government's housing secretary. And actually, it's been on the cards since 2019. And recently, the Labour Party have criticised the English government uh, for the delay in getting this out. Now, I guess the biggest change is the removal of the no-fault evictions, which in other words is the abolition of Section 21. In other words, landlords can no longer get rid of tenants for no reason. However, there are four reasons. I'm going to cover those in a moment. But the really important one I want to mention is that the government is actually widening the criteria for antisocial behaviour when you will be able to get rid of tenants. And obviously, that's really good. Now, luckily, the NRLA, the National Residential Landlord Association, which, by the way, I think we should all be members of, is lobbying the government to improve the court service so that they can deal with these kind of uh, complaints and evictions. So anyway, going back to evictions, there are four reasons why you will be able to evict tenants from your property. The first one is rent arrears. Now, there are two very specific occasions where the judge will have to grant the eviction. However, I think these are open to manipulation as indeed the current system is. So first of all, if the tenant is two months late in rent on three consecutive occasions. That's an automatic eviction ban. Um, now, if the tenant is two months late when you make the application to court and also on the court appearance, again, that is an automatic eviction. However, People play the system and often what they do is they make a payment just before they go to court. So they're no longer two months late uh, and they can keep this going on for a long time. So this is a bit of a concern about getting people out who are not actually paying their rent when they should be. As I mentioned before, antisocial behaviour and the government is widening the criteria, which I think is really good news. Um, so we'll have to see what, what comes out of that. The third reason a landlord can get rid of property or get rid of the tenants rather is if they want to sell their property. And actually, with all this new legislation coming in, um, which, by the way, will probably be 
maybe towards the back end of 2024 by the time it actually comes in, I think we're going to see even more landlords selling up their property because they're just not happy with what's going on. And I'm going to talk later in this podcast about what the impact of that might be on the property market and you and your property investing. And the fourth reason, which I think is a little bit of a strange one, is if the landlord wants to move back into the property with their family. Now, if you think about it, um, that could happen, I guess. You know, someone might become an accidental landlord. They move out of their home. They turn it into a rental property and then they go and either rent or buy elsewhere. And then circumstances change. They want to move back into that property. So, yes, I guess that could happen for people who are accidental landlords. Unlikely to happen for professional landlords where we've got lots of properties all over the country. Um, but this this last policy, it, it really is an example to me that, The people who make this policy, often civil servants, as as we've heard referred to as the blob, they don't really understand property investing. Let me explain this. So let's say a landlord owns a property outright and there's no mortgage. Well, in which case they could move back into that property if they so chose to do that. However, if you are renting a property out, really, you should have a buy-to-let mortgage on that property. Now, I know some people, they have residential mortgages, they move out and they don't bother to change it to a buy-to-let, which they should really do. But if you're doing things properly, which is what we always encourage if you're listening to this podcast, if you're renting out property, you have a buy-to-let mortgage, in which case you won't be able to move back into a rental property because it would be a breach of your mortgage terms and conditions. Now, You could say, well, yeah, maybe they could just remortgage onto a residential mortgage. You could do, but as we know right now, mortgage rates are not very good. And you might have a mortgage you arranged a couple of years ago on a nice and low interest rate that's fixed for a couple of years. You wouldn't really want to remortgage that onto a residential rate, which could be more. So as I said, I don't think this is a great policy, unless, of course, as I said earlier, you do own the property outright and there's no mortgage, then you can do whatever you want. Um, I just think it, it doesn't really kind of make sense. Now, another important change to the renter reform bill is that they, the current AST, Assured Short-Term Tenancy Contracts in England, are usually for a, a fixed period of six months, after which they move to a rolling uh, period. Um, and currently, tenants have to give one month's notice after this initial six months, and then landlords need to give two months' notice if they want the tenant to get out of the property. Now, the proposal is that all contracts will become rolling periodic contracts. So there'll be no fixed terms. Now, tenants will have to give two months notice to leave the property. But what this means is a tenant could move in and then straight away give notice and they could move out in two months time. Now, that's not very good for landlords because obviously we then have to find a new tenant. We have potential void periods. One of the benefits of having an AST for six months or even 12 months is you know you've got that tenant in there for that period of time. And there are people who want to rent for just two or three months because maybe they've moved to an area, they want to look where they want to live. And so I think this might be open to abuse of tenants who want to take advantage of this. Um, Now, also, that raises another question about rent reviews. Because normally at the end of an AST contract, that's when we might review the rent and we might put the rent up. And as you know, rents have gone up dramatically over the last couple of years. But if there is no end to the rental contract, well, when do we review rents? It's being suggested it will probably be done on an annual basis and rents will have to be in line probably with inflation or the consumer price index. 
Another change that's come in is that landlords cannot do blanket bans on certain type of tenants. For example, they can't say, we don't want to rent to families, we don't want to rent to students, we don't want to rent to people on benefits. Um, so they can't do that anymore. And also they have to have a really good reason if they don't want to rent to pets. And obviously during the pandemic, many people went out and purchased cats and dogs because they wanted a bit of company. My wife did exactly the same thing. She, she bought a, a lovely puppy and we now have two of them as if one wasn't enough in the first place. Anyway, that's slightly off the top there. Um, there's also going to be a brand new landlord database where all landlords and properties have to be registered. Now, actually, I think that's quite a good thing. I think um, it means there can be a bit more uh, regulation. The government will know exactly how many rental properties are out there. Oh, and by the way, if there's a register like that, that's very good for us to reach out to people who might be fed up with all this stuff and want to retire. Normally, we write to people who are on the HMO registered list, um, but that's only a very small fraction of landlords. So there are millions of landlords in the UK, and there's been a register of all of them. I think that's really, really interesting. There's also going to be a new ombudsman who will handle disputes between tenants and also between landlords. I think that's a good thing as well. Um, however, it seems slightly unfair because... Um, tenants will be able to complain about landlords, but landlords won't be able to complain about bad tenants. That seems very unfair to me. And many landlords love the idea of having a register of bad tenants. Um, however, some people say, well, you can't do that. That would be an infringement, infringement on their human rights. So what does all this mean for you? And I believe there'll be many landlords who are just going to be put off by this thing and think, oh, my God, this is another reason why I shouldn't be investing in property. It's just all too much hassle. It's much harder than it used to be. So I think we need to see more and more landlords selling up their properties. Now, with more property coming onto the market, that's probably going to keep property prices coming down. I don't think there's going to be a huge crash, as I've said many before, many times before on this podcast, but certainly I think prices will probably come down a little bit further and then probably start to rise back sometime in 2024. Now, those landlords who are selling, some of them might be purchased by landlords who are very happy with what's going on and wanted to expand their portfolio or new people becoming landlords. But some might also be purchased by people who want to use it as a home, so long it's no longer available to rent out. And this is going to push rents up. Now, interesting, this is what appears to have happened in Scotland, where they've introduced rental reforms, uh, rent caps, eviction bans, and they've done this to make it better for tenants. But what's actually happened is caused many landlords in Scotland to sell up. And now there is a shortage of properties, which has caused rent to go up. Or even if rents haven't gone up, the supply and demand is out of balance. So it's difficult for people to find good quality accommodation. So this policy that the Scottish government have brought in has kind of backfired on them, which is often what happens when civil servants and politicians who really don't understand property investing try and interfere in what is should be a free market. So I do hope this has been useful for you. Um, I'm going to do more updates on this as more information comes out. And we know exactly what's going to happen because, as I said, a lot of this might be subject to change and also debate in Parliament still. I do hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have, why not make sure you subscribe to make sure you get 
the latest edition every Tuesday morning. And if you liked it, please come and give me a five-star review to say specifically what you got out of it, how you helped it, because that will help me promote the web, uh, promote the podcast and more people will get to hear about it. So until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.